Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the East Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's also on the East Coast. And we're looking at a Wednesday slate of baseball here after a few days off from the kids. Took a, took a little bit of time to actually get into some football, which is a good time to let you know we are also going to be bringing you a football coast-to-coast podcast as we're going to be going through NFL player props each and every week during this football season as well. So make sure to follow along, like, and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. You can check everything out we're putting up on the site right now and use that odds finder tool that we have, one for every sport really, so you can go ahead and see all the odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and just jump right into this Wednesday slate here of baseball. Yeah, the most interesting matchup, Scherzer versus Verlander, and I wish you were getting better odds here for the Rangers, considering they've just been utterly walloped the last two games of the series, but the run line for the first five is plus money. It's plus 115, and that's what I'm going to take here for Texas to be up After five, I am not going to count on their bullpen, which has been, again, just absolutely pummeled by Houston, which is, again, an amazing offense. But I trust Max Scherzer a lot more than Verlander as they both uh, hover into their twilight here. Verlander seems to be slipping here in his age 40 season for sure. I mean, anybody will eventually break down. Uh, and, and I mean, his fastball rating has plummeted. His velocity is down a full mile per hour. His swinging strike down, especially since he joined the Astros. Like the swinging strike data is pretty meek. Uh, and the the two road starts he made, even though they're at the Marlins and Tigers, not really potent offenses. We're talking about ninety five percent zone contact and and a lot of hard contact. Um, we're talking about. hard contact and 21% barrels in his last two starts. And that caught up to him against the Yankees. They hit a few homers. Now you go to Texas where it is quite warm. Uh, It is warm everywhere right now in the U S and yeah, those Rangers, they, they can still hit. It's just that their bullpen and a lot of their starting pitching has just absolutely crumbled here down the stretch. But like I said, on Friday, Scherzer is their stopper. Sure enough, He did pitch really well on Friday, only one hit through six against the Twins. And then again, that bullpen crumbled. Uh, But he's a guy you can actually trust against Houston because he's so good in righty-righty matchups because he has that cutter that can keep them off. I mean, he has faced them twice since 21 uh, and 1.8 ERA, 9.0 K to walk ratio. Since joining Texas, you've seen that in that uptick in in intensity and focus because he is that ultra competitor. Uh, you know, he has 32 Ks in his six starts against lefties with since joining Texas. He has a 2.2 ERA with Texas uh, zone contact under 80%. You know, all, all the data, especially the hard contact, it just looks so much better than Verlander uh, that I'm willing to take him to just outperform, especially because he has that, like, that dog in him, right? It's like they were just... They were just in the same locker room uh, going through the same shit. And, and you know, he's like he's trying to prove that he's, he still has more in the tank than this other guy who's his contemporary. So I, I really like back in Scherzer to just have a strong start for, with one unit here. 
I'm, I'm laughing because you just referred to being on the New York Mets as when they were going through that shit. And I think that adequately <laughs> describes what it's like to play on the New York Mets ever. Uh, so that was well said. I'm glad you, you touched on this game, dude, because I, I didn't want to. I didn't really want to have to find anything. I, I think you, you found a good way to play it if, if you're definitely believing in Scherzer much more than Verlander these days, which makes sense. <laughs> just I'm, I'm so uh, I'm dis- I'm a little bit distraught about the Rangers, who I, I bet to win the division when they were at plus 200 up three games. Uh, and that did not work out well at all. I thought their pitching was going to last, and it just has not. A few injuries here and there on, uh, to the offense has also just really plummeted them. Uh, and the Astros, first time all season that they have led the AL West by themselves after destroying Texas last night. So a very uh, good times in Houston right now. I hedged a little bit with them to win the division as well, just not as much as I had on the Rangers. So we'll see how things end here for, uh, in that really fun AL West with three solid teams. But I'm going to move on to the Yanks and the Tigers in a matchup that just occurred uh, about a week ago when Matt Manning and Clark Schmidt took each other on uh, for the Yanks and the Tigers here. This time we're in New York. Uh, and I'm going to go with the first five under four and a half. I get plus money on that at plus 105 on DraftKings, a full unit on that. And I'm also going to go with Detroit's first five money line, plus 135 on DraftKings. Uh, friendly reminder, if you take the dog there and they push, you go ahead and get, uh, you know, you, you, you get the push on that, essentially, uh, for, the, for the money line in the first five. Uh, like I said, we just did this, and it was Detroit up three to nothing after five innings in that one. Manning pitched an absolute beautiful game, uh, six innings pitched, two hits, four Ks to two walks. Interestingly, I told everyone to go under four and a half or five and a half Ks for Matt Manning. He had four Ks in the first like three innings, and then didn't get another one. So that that hit. But we're this time we're just going to actually be backing him to keep the Yanks off the board, or at least keep their runs down once again after not giving up a single run on just two hits last time out. There was a little bit of there. Were a few numbers that kind of indicate he might have some regression. I mean, I don't know that he's going to strand 100% of the runners that he allows again, which was just two of them, but still, like, they, they or I'm sorry, five of uh, four of them because he, he gave up a couple walks. So the 54% ground ball rate, another number that's way better than what his season average is, around 38%. So I can understand why you wouldn't necessarily expect him to have the exact same level of, of two-hit gem performance once again, but I still think that with this Yankees offense the way that it is, and, and I'll talk about the two offenses in a sec uh matt manning as especially as a righty coming in against these the yanks should have uh, plenty of success once again uh clark schmidt on the other hand he did give up six hits the three earned runs were a little bit more um uh, they, they basically came off of a home run in the fifth he was cruising until he got to the bottom of the fifth and then he went ahead and, and gave up that home run gave up about three singles uh, to Three out of four bat the next batters got singles after that and some and a walk in there as well. So he he ended up sort of plummeting, but still went long enough uh, with solid pitching to get us to the under in that game as well with three three runs allowed in the uh, just in the first five. So I, I think he's he's definitely going to come back and, and have another solid game against a Detroit team that is bad right now. I mean no, no way around it. Them and the Yankees both hitting right-handed pitching super poorly. Uh, since August started, the Yanks have the third highest K rate versus righties. Detroit has the fifth. Uh, in terms of walk percentage, Detroit is not wa- is not walking at all. The Yanks are walking the third most, uh, which is interesting because they either strike out or seem to walk against righties over the last month or so. Uh, and then in, in terms of batting average and scoring runs, Detroit about middle of the pack, and and the Yanks really just one of the worst 
uh, bottom five team in hitting against righties right now and, and on most of the season as well. So I think that's why there's a slight edge to the Tigers here uh, with Manning and their bats versus this awful Yankees lineup. And, and Schmidt, who I still trust to help keep this game under five runs in the first five. I, I love the plus money on that. Um, but I, I also just didn't want to have to like start to get into the bullpens where Detroit's not good. And, and the Yankees, that's probably their strongest part uh, of their team is, is their, their bullpen is uh, top five and has been all season. And that's really all they've had to rely on outside of Garrett Cole, who probably should be the ALMB uh, Cy Young at this point, rather. Uh, we'll see if that even happens with how bad the Yanks are. Yeah, I think I'd be okay taking the under for the game because of that Yankees bullpen being strong and because these offenses are both, yeah, they're, they're capable of just completely flopping. The Yankees have been like really boom bust in the last couple of weeks, but the Tigers hitting 230 overall in the last two weeks uh, are against righties and, and that Yankees pen, they can just throw righty after righty at you. Uh, I don't think they'll be scoring many runs, despite the fact that they did get some against the White Sox in their previous series. And that is my segue. Also, speaking of bad offenses, the Chicago White Sox uh, cannot fill the seats in their stadium. Um, I, I don't usually look at like the home run props in terms of like, this is going to be a good portion of your bet. But the more I looked at this Bobby Witt to hit a homer, I went from a quarter unit to like, maybe you want to go closer to half your bet on Witt homer in a win for the Royals and hedge it the other half unit on the Royals money line to, to recoup that. If he doesn't happen to Homer uh, minus minus one eighteen is the money line here at FanDuel and the odds are better at DraftKings points bet bet three sixty five to parlay this. Cause it's like plus 700 or more just for him to Homer. So you tack on that, that, that uh, money line we're talking like plus 900. So it's Tuki Toussaint on the mound for uh, the Sox. Josh has, has hit on how bad this guy has been. He has one of the lowest outside swing rates in the majors, one of the highest walk rates correspondingly, and a 41% hard hit rate. Lately, he's just been getting the ball lifted, and, and it is going, going, gone. He's got a 24% home run fly ball ratio in August, and on the season, 27% when he's on the road against righties. Uh Wit, who hasn't homered as much, so you could say he's due in his last in his last couple weeks. Twenty three percent home run to fly since the start of August, and here's the key for me: is when he pulls the ball, it is like absolutely rocket ship time. Forty six percent hard contact, forty three percent home run to fly ball ratio, and Toussaint does not have the stuff to avoid getting pulled in these righty righty matchups. He has a fifty one percent pull rate his last two seasons. Uh, so the White Sox pen also terrible the last 30 days, fourth highest home run fly ball ratio. If Witt does not get it off the starter, he has a chance still. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jordan Lyles is going for the Royals. He's been a bit worse than expectation. I mean, a bit. Yeah. His, his XERA stuff is better than his actual numbers. He has gone deep in four straight starts against the White Sox the last two seasons. I mean, I just think you'd expect him to do a little bit better here based based on those numbers and the fact that the White Sox have the fifth worst offense by Woba in the last 30 days and the Royals are, are much more likely to back him with Witt leading the charge. Yeah, really just fading the White Sox against pretty much everybody at this point is a, is a good idea. The Royals have Bobby Witt 
they have a couple other guys as well that they've been bringing up, including Cole Reagans, who had another gem yesterday, um, or a couple of days ago, rather. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with fading the White Sox all over the place. You know uh, I'm with fading Tuki Toussaint as well. Uh, and so there's, I have zero qualms with this bet. Minus 118 is a really nice money line for a Royals team that, that should be able to handle business against this White Sox team. So uh, I'm going to close things out fading one of my favorite pitchers. And, I mean, I say fading, but, like, eight strikeouts is a ton. And Tyler Glass now of the Rays has his K uh, prop up at seven and a half. For good reason. I mean, he's maybe the best strikeout pitcher in the league right now. I guess Spencer Strider. So we'll give it to him in, in the AL probably. And in the NL, we'll give it to Strider in terms of punching guys out. But Glasdow's stuff is nasty. And he's throwing that slider like 36% of the time right now. And I'm not starting off this uh, explanation of this bet really well because I'm telling you how much I love him. But I am going under 7.5 Ks. And you can get that for minus 132 on FanDuel. And I'm putting a full unit on it uh, because I, I think this is a good opportunity against a Red Sox team that is not striking out and hits righties super well and has been. Uh, well, they hit everybody really well because they're also crushing lefties right now. They've just been on an offensive tear for the last like two months. Uh, and in, in Glasnow's last four games, he hasn't gotten the eight Ks that his prop is at here. He went against, and he, this was against much worse teams, by the way. His last time out was against Cleveland. The time before that was the Yankees and then the Angels and the Giants. And all of those teams are striking out a lot against righties, especially the first three that I just mentioned, the Yankees' third highest K rate versus righties, uh, and, and then the uh, the Angels have been that bad as well, actually second worst in the last month and a half. So, you know, and, and the Giants, we know how much their offense has been stumbling, uh, and then Cleveland maybe the worst offense of any team that's been this close to making the playoffs in a while uh, because it's bad over there. But even in those games, the, the inability to get eight Ks against teams that do strike out against, you know, guys like uh, Glass now kind of helped me just start to see this and go, Look, the, the Sox are not striking out. Uh, and they've, they've got the, the fourth lowest K percentage against righties since August, and that's basically what it is since July started as well. Uh, they just are not striking out in general, to be honest. The only guy I'm really worried about here is Devers. Everybody else does, does their part in not Kang. So I think with the, the majority of the lineup being guys that are really hard to strike out, this is a good opportunity to take Boston, who in their last two times up against Glass now have gone under 8Ks as a team as well. That was once earlier this year in June when he had 6Ks uh, and then 7Ks last year in October, and that was only in, in like four innings too. But uh, in this one, it's a little bit better opportunity, I think, with a couple of the guys up as well for, for Boston right now. Um, and, and so, you know, if you look at the, the, the matchup in terms of pitches, like I said, that slider is nasty right now for Glass now. He's throwing it more than a third of the time. That is the one pitch that Boston is not as good against. Uh, but both of his other main two pitches, the curveball and the fastball, they're a top five offense against. So I'm going to bank on them to avoid striking out eight times on a slider because that would be the pitch that I would assume is going to strike them out the majority of the time if it happens. Uh, but they have uh, managed to sort of limit their outside zone uh, swing, swing and miss rate there. Their whiff rate down as a team as well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bank on them to get the bat on the ball enough times to avoid eight Ks versus Glass now uh, in a game that you know I, I think might have a few more runs than we expect as well. Yeah, I think what I'll bank on is the Red Sox just staying hot and being so streaky uh, that you you'd expect them to just keep this momentum going to try to get back in the wild card race. Uh, and do enough, you know, damage and, and force Glass now to pit, pit, throw enough pitches so that he's not in there long enough to get eight Ks, which is really just a ton. Uh, no matter how talented you are, I yeah, I would rather take the under on this against a good offense than I would take the over 
basically in, in most situations, um, even if it is one of the best strikeout pitchers. Yeah, I, maybe not Spencer Strider is, is someone who I'm like, oh, I'm probably not going under seven and a half. He's had like an eight and a half K, uh, K line before, so it makes sense. But that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Continue to follow along. Like I said, make sure to like and subscribe. Also check out the NFL Coast to Coast Play a Props video that we are going to be bringing you starting week one, baby. Already less than or about yeah less than 24 hours or so from NFL kickoff action. So until we do see you next, happy betting.